In Father Teresa's wine cellar, we believe all oppression is intersectional. And this means our analysis of current events frequently includes discussion of difficult and explicit content. Any combination of the following topics could be included in our show. Murder, rape, war, climate change, racism, sexism, violence, sexual violence, homophobic violence, heterocentrism, discrimination and abuse against individuals of nonconformist sexuality, domestic violence, child abuse, child rape, child neglect, elderly abuse, verbal abuse, police brutality, microaggressions, ableism, cyberbullying, genital mutilation, ideological extremism, and people just being total fucking assholes. All right, and there that goes, up and or running. And this bought to you by Alyssa C., who just hit up the PayPal there, and Nat Loco, uh, bringing you this program along with everybody that um, that hits us up on patreon.com slash wine cellar media fund. All right, this shit is brought to you by them folks. And from there, we head on into the state of Georgia. All right, so... In Georgia, uh, remember we had um, Ahmad Arbery, who was the uh, black jogger, right, that was out there in Georgia and got murdered by the white supremacists. Uh, we use the word lynching, like even though there's no rope involved and it's not that sort of old school ceremony, uh, folks like me, maybe you do as well, still use the word lynching, right? This um, very recreational um murder of a black person <clears throat> and in public at times and so what we're getting here from this news outlet um 1226 uh wrdw uh local out there in um in augusta georgia uh they're saying that out there in brunswick um the father and son charged in uh the deadly shooting which is actually the murder Right, the deadly, sh- the murder. Um, they are asking that he not be called a victim. Uh, Gregory and Travis McMichael, uh, they are accused of murdering Arbery in February. Um, lawyers for uh, the McMichaels filed a motion in late December. Uh, one motion requested that Arbery not be called a victim in the trial, um, arguing it would be prejudicial. And I have a printout of that right here. Uh, <clears throat> and so it is in the Superior Court of Glynn County, G-L-Y-N-N County in the state of Georgia. Uh, <clears throat> and it's um, it's state of Georgia versus Travis McMichael and Greg McMichael. They're the um, defendants here. And so this uh, motion in Lemine to uh, Lemine, whatever these fancy fucking legal nigga words, fuck your legal nigga words. Motion in Lemine to exclude use of the prejudicial term victim. It's prejudicial. Now, I've heard people say shit like, um, oh, that nigga's a victim of cancer, he's a victim of AIDS, he's a victim of a car crash, right? Like, this word already gets used like that. Like, they just don't want to use it in this one because they some funny-style-ass white supremacists. 
little buster ass niggas. Uh, all right, check check this shit out. So the defendants, Travis McMichael um, and Greg McMichael, respectfully move that the prosecution be prohibited from the use of prejudicial terms at trial during jury selection or in the presence of witnesses. These terms include the use of the word victim. The purpose of this motion is to prevent the prosecution from ignoring its duty to prove beyond a reasonified doubt that crimes were actually committed and that the McMichaelses committed the crimes as charged. So all of a sudden, not a victim anymore and whatnot. Right? And um, looking back at the um, at the article over here from uh, Channel 12 out there in Augusta, Georgia, uh, they are saying in this article, uh, published by staff, um, they claim they thought he was a burglar while his family says he was just jogging. Also charged in the case is uh, William Roddy Bryan Jr. Uh, Roddy is like a, it, they have this set as like a nickname of sorts. So William Bryan Jr., who recorded the shooting on video, although prosecutors say he played a larger role. And this was February 23rd. Uh, so this um, murder... It fueled anger among protesters across the country. Excess detail from the article. All right, so on page two of this, due process, right? This is their this is their argument, right? They want the word victim out. Don't say it in jury selection. Don't say it in front of juror. Don't say that shit. Uh, so due process requires minimal injection of error or prejudice into these proceedings. Minimal injection of error. How many times a month are you seeing in your newsfeed that another black man is being let out of prison who has been in there 30, 40 fucking damn years and oh, well, the white woman was lying at the trial. Oops. We fucked up. We used dog hair, as the FBI did in the 80s, instead of human hair, and lied on the DNA test, because how are you going to get a DNA match from a different species? Get the fuck out of here. But right now, there can be minimal injection of error or prejudice. Like, just the fact of, um, of anyone white trying anyone black... There's already prejudice. Yeah. All right. Keep it moving. Error or prejudice into these proceedings. Use of terms such as victim allows the focus to shift to the accused rather than remain on the proof of every element of the crimes charged. As a threshold of inquiry, the prosecution must first offer enough evidence for a court to conclude that a rational trier, tri all right, trier <laughs> of fact, uh, could find that the essential elements of the crimes have been established. So they're saying you need to earn the use of the word victim. They murder this nigga on video, but they say you need to earn the use of the word victim 
let's keep it moving. Uh, continuing from this uh, printout from the court. Working from the premise that an, that an accused is innocent until proven guilty, it is the prosecution's burden to prove beyond a reasonable doubt the essential elements of the crimes alleged. The presumption continues throughout the trial and into deliberations. Defendants, excuse me, defendant does not concede that criminal conduct occurred in this case. This burden of prosecution should not be alleviated, minimized, or diminished by the use of loaded words. This is the real shit they put in there, loaded words. The use of loaded words, which imply that the prosecution has met its burden of proof that the crimes alleged have actually been committed. And then they have some signatures this is where it gets real fun oop the skibby doo let me open this fucker up here buddy they have signatures and phone numbers i know y'all niggas on the internet like phone numbers call these niggas ask them what's cracking um so franklin j hog h-o-g-u-e attorney for the defendant State bar number 36003, right? And their telephone number is 478-750-8040. Maybe you want to hit them up. Hit them up. Ask them what's cracking with this. And you can even get at them in email. I know y'all niggas like email. I like email. It's email. Ice Cube was using email in the film Higher Learning. Um... The email is frank at hogandhog.com. All right. So that's F-R-A-N-K at H-O-G-U-E-A-N-D-H-O-G-U-E.com. So it's their name. You know how you know how lawyers do with their law offices. And now there's also Laura D. Hogg, who is also in the same office, uh, 478 seven five zero eight zero four zero call them up ask them what's cracking with this shit my nigga uh, and let's see also signed by robert g rubin an attorney for the defendant state bar number six one eight six three five uh <clears throat> and you can call robert at 404-296-5300. All right. And the last one, Jason B. Sheffield, an attorney for the defendant, state bar number 63971. Uh, uh, my, my bad. <laughs> 639-719. All right. And, um, and they are in the same um, office as um as Robert G Rubin and that number again is 4042965300 and i left out the bar number for Laura uh 786090 all right so hit these niggas up ask them what's cracking i think it's interesting you think it's interesting let's see i like it you'll call them maybe they'll talk to you you know, you might be a new client. They should love talking to a potential new client. 
All right, and I'll um I'll put these numbers in when I upload this here video and this here audio. The rich are different from you and me. For one thing, they're rich. Among the super rich, though, there tends to be a peculiar sense that their net worth is a testament to their true worthiness. Thus, they seem to cling desperately to the very idea of being extremely wealthy. This leads to one specific difference between them and us. Most of us favor a wealth tax to help bridge the gaping chasm of inequality in our society. The rich do not. Indeed, we hear shrieks of abject horror and cries of doom coming from corporate boardrooms and other defenders of the plutocratic order. It would be comical if they weren't so pathetic. They exclaim that such a tax will destroy entrepreneurial motivation, sap innovation, punish success, and get this spur a wave of divorces. The psyches of the rich are so fragile, goes this line of bull, that a tiny tax on people with more than fifty million dollars in wealth would keep them from getting out of bed in the morning. Jamie Dimon, a billionaire Wall Street banker, disingenuously asserts that super wealthy people like him would quote be happy to pay more in taxes. But he fears the government will just squander it on giveaways, quote, to interest groups and stuff like that. I have to admit that Jamie does know his stuff. After all, he weaselled billions of dollars from us taxpayers to bail out his bank during the 2007 Wall Street crash. Far from squandering revenues on such welfare cases as Diamond, those supporting the wealth tax specifically call for the money to fund universal access to higher education, free health care for all, restoration and expansion of our national infrastructure, and other direct efforts to restore the common good. This is Jim Hightower saying to help advance passage of the wealth tax and our nation's democratic ideals, go to Citizens for Tax Justice, www.ctj.org. The news is a shit show these days, and we're here to give you a break from the white supremacist media bullshit by bringing you the shitty news so that you can feel less like shit because you know the people discussing all the fucked up shit give a shit about you and the shitty situations you deal with every day. So shit, pour yourself a glass and settle in for Father Teresa's wine cellar. Uh, what kind of Coke exactly? Because the market can provide one way or the other. Hmm. What kind of Coke? Ex- American Coke. American Coke. Uh, that still doesn't really answer the question for me. Oh. Are we talking about the beverage or the drug? Well, the I drug. mean, technically the beverage is a, also a drug. Yeah. But um, I was watching this thing about inadvertently about capitalism it was about how great like businesses expanding across the world are and it was supposed to be good but they just kept telling on themselves (laughs) and uh one of the things that someone who was like a ceo or something for coca-cola said that after the word hello coca-cola is like the most known like english word on the planet (laughs) so it's hello and coca-cola america's amazing (laughs) we are certainly um I don't know. Sending culture across the globe, I guess. I don't know. Which all it just kind of sounds like how the comedian Jim Jeffries uh, socializes. Hello, Coke. (laughs) 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 That nigga was talking about doing a line off of a toilet bowl in a club. Ooh. I don't know how good cocaine is. It's not that good. Yeah, I'm not. I don't know if it's fucking. If it's a booty bowl good. No, no, it is not booty bowl good. Why? Yeah. Why do you say things like this? Why? Right, and socialized booty bowl. 
Absolutely not. No. Yeah. No. No. All your comrades Ugh. Have, no. have smeared the porcelain. No. With which one shall now sniff. I, I, I can't make that sound classy. You can't. <laughs> um, yeah. Right, so, so I guess hello so and coke. So let's do both of them. Okay. Let's do the coke and the cops. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hello is America. We have coke and cops. We choose which one you want to use to get your heart rate. I up. want to recap ah, a little bit. Oh no! Uh, so if you say Coca Cola and cops, we could make that the three Ks. Or if you say, oh shit, Coca Cola cops, yeah. The Coca Cola cops, yeah. That is what American cops are, and apparently, if you just leave this website on pause, it will uh <laughs> automatically play for you. Yeah, but I'm not covering that story. Um, yeah, so let's do a double up on things you may have missed during the the pandemic. Stay woke. The panorama. Oh, is that with the Negroes on um on Twitter? Yeah, it doesn't really matter what it is as long as it starts with a P and it's not pandemic. Absolutely not. No. Yeah. Yep. That's yeah. my bad. I always gotta click that volume out there. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the panorama. You know. The, the panda pan- bear. The panda bear. The pansexual. Oh, did someone say pa- Paddington bear yet? I don't think so. I don't Ooh. think I've seen And I'm just taking a look. DC Love said, it's not booty bowl good, but addiction does weird things to people. Yeah, I get folks do get ad- addicted to it. Deeply addicted to it. Yeah. And I'm like, not... I think it fucks up your frontal lobe. Like cocaine in particular, I think like after a long term use fucks up your frontal lobe. Okay. All I know about the frontal lobe is that movie, The Best Man. And that's where he likes to kiss people. Okay. Yeah, I'm deep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about as deep as an Alex Jones comment section. All right. <clears throat> so, shit you may have missed during the um, the the uh, panorama. Um, the soft drink maker. All right. So we're talking about Coca Cola. All right. Um, and this we have two separate articles because mm-hmm. this one is saying. They want to roll out their biodegradable bottles by 2023. And um, and they're saying the deadline to get rid of those plastic bottles is sooner than you think. Yeah, by 2023, within the next 24 months. And they're saying the initiative aims to develop eco-friendly plastics called PEF, uh, which is made using plant sugars. And those will be used to line compostable cardboard bottles similar to the plastic inside your takeaway coffee cup but that biodegrades and replace the need for regular plastics but one that biodegrades yeah I don't fully understand what they're going for but I guess they compared it to a cup that I can crush in my hand yeah Um, also sorry I just got an email from child school they want people to know that they can send their kids back tomorrow if you want to do in person schooling during the pandemic yeah fuck every last confection of that every kid that i see out here in this neighborhood in this a townhouse apartment complex thing playing not a mask on not one fucking kid and they're all playing in close quarters and then going back homes to their essential worker parents mm-hmm. and then they're going back in public and everything's horrible this yeah. is a hunker down household yes deeply deeply um yeah, okay, so um, plant sugars and lining compostable cardboard bottles. Okay, 
Yeah. So, yeah, no, that sounds actually kind of cool. Okay, so that, yeah. that is hip. Yes. All right, so folks, we can definitely rot our teeth in other ways. Yes. We can save the planet and destroy ourselves still. Uh, yeah, hundreds of tons of, uh, that's how they spell tons, tons of plastic products are created each year using fossil fuels. And not only does the production of plastic contribute to the global climate crisis, but most plastics don't degrade and you get uh, ocean patches. Yeah. And uh, now, like, fish just have plastic in their bloodstreams. Okay. Oh, fuck. That's great. Yeah. And don't we eat fish at times? Yeah. Oh, that's good. It's good. So, like, I'm plastic. A little bit, yeah. Like, people actually do have plastic in their blood now because, of, yeah. So we should tell Regina George, like, we're all plastics now. We're all plastics. Yeah, we're all plastics, Regina. Someday I'm going to watch that movie. I think I have a copy. Yeah. Yeah, my niece and I picked it up in Goodwill one day because the, uh, the copy we had was scratched. My niece and I loved watching movies together. We had a good time. That's fun. Fucking. All right, so now the pigs in Colorado. Uh, the pigs in Colorado Trafes. Trafe, uh lost their qualified immunity, apparently. Um, Why? Because they're very bad people. <laughs> uh, sorry. <laughs> um, so this, uh, what is the date on this article? This is actually on the Marshall Project. Like June? Them. I don't know. I can't. Uh, I don't know. All right, so uh, Colorado tries new way to punish rogue cops. Um, oh, wait, hang on. There's a hyperlink. This was an article that was done with... Oh, God, I hate NBC. All right. Uh, there was a hyperlink that said, we did this with NBC, and then you click NBC, and like the article doesn't come up. It's just like their homepage randomly. Uh, I have a Forbes article from June 21st. That sounds about right. It was over the summer. Um... So this has to stop, said Marie Newman, uh, who has uh, been saying this for years as she fought in courts against police brutality. The Denver civil rights lawyer won verdicts for settlements for people abused by officers and won awards for her work. But no matter what she did, police departments and their officers' behavior did not change. Yeah. The final straw was with her latest job representing the uh, family of Elijah McLean, a 23-year-old massage therapist who was stopped by police uh, while walking home after buying an iced tea in Aurora, Colorado. Officers responded to a 911 call from someone claiming a black man, quote-unquote, looked sketchy. I still want to know who made that call, and they should stand charges, too. Um, And, of course, we all remember the story. The police murdered um, McLean. And uh, threatened to sick a dog on him. Uh, Newman says about it, I was pissed off and frustrated. So she called a friend who had the power to do something to help, Representative Leslie Herod. Um, and so they hatched a plan for real police reform. Colorado has passed the final version of these changes in June, including one drawing national attention. Now police officers who violate people's civil rights can be held personally responsible in state court. They cannot use the defense that experts say uh, many uh, that has stopped many efforts to hold police to account qualified immunity. It's a legal doctrine that says government workers can't be held liable for what they do on the job, except in rare circumstances. Some legal experts are praising the new law. Robert McNamara, an attorney for the Institute for Justice, a libertarian nonprofit, uh, said Colorado has passed what is for the moment the gold standard reform. The laws are changing the status quo uh, as to when there are consequences for bad behavior. But the change is drawing fire from police unions, which say qualified immunity is essential to protect their members from being sued for doing their jobs. 
sometimes you have to punch a dog in the face. It's also gold standard. Why? That seems because pretty low. Because it's the bar. only one. Because it, yeah. it's like the first one. That's why. Like, yeah. Um, so at least one insurance company is trying to come up with a plan that would protect cops from having to make personal payments if they lose in state court. Uh, since shortly after the Civil War, Americans have been allowed to sue law enforcement or other government officials that they believe have violated their constitutional rights by, for example, using excessive force. Most of these cases have been brought in federal courts. But in 1967, the Supreme Court, court ca- carved out qualified immunity. In 1967, you said? I wonder what was happening in the late 60s that would have brought about this change in, le- in legal policy. Not 1967, you say. So it was fine from 1867 until 1967, because the Civil War ended in 1865. And this was the Supreme Court of the whole United States. This yes. wasn't some appeal. Like now, I know a lot of folks are instantly your brain is like, oh yeah, Malcolm X, Martin, all that stuff. But like on a street level, because like I I've always talk to old crips living on the west coast living in washington state growing up and now i we have shit like youtube and now i can see videos with interviews with more old crips mm-hmm. and um and keep in mind cripping is not some shit that started when snoop dogg dropped an album like no cripping is actually also from the 60s mm-hmm. right and um and also bloods are not from los angeles bloods are like los angeles city they're specifically from compton and one of these interviews with some of these crips that are straight up boomers they're all in their 60s now he was like how they see these young cats out here like they start recording when the police is beating up one of the homegirls or something mm-hmm. back in their day they used to all just jump the cop and just beat the cop down together Oh, nice. So this was something that was going on in the name of Crippen. They weren't mm-hmm. doing this and then saying, yeah, and that's on the ancient laws of Kemet, brother. No, <laughs> like they were doing that. They were like, because we Crips and this is our hood. Mm-hmm. So that was also going on at the time. And keep in mind, at this point, it's getting to Compton from Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. It's not in Northern California yet. So that's also happening. So you also have niggas just fucking the cops up. Yeah. Yeah, so keep yeah, that in mind that, as well. Yeah. That on also what late sixties, so this was uh what the rise of radical feminism. Um that was happening. This was also uh the rise of the Chicano movement, right? So oh. Mexican Americans also late sixties would have also been AIM American Indian movement. Like everybody was getting their little fucking like um like man, fuck this system, fuck this shit on. And then also in the late sixties was the um the Democratic Convention. We're like there was fucking riots in Chicago the year they had the Democratic Convention. They're also in the late 60s. Phoenix knows a lot more things <laughs> off the top of the head. Because, like, people... Well, I mean, people were... I mean, essentially the same shit we're seeing now, right? Because, I mean, if you look at the era where now, it was a couple years ago, but right, but there was Ferguson. And then there was Standing Rock. And, like, now there's the protest for George Floyd. And then there was Occupy. So, like, a lot of people are pissed about a lot of things and kind of bringing them together... Um, and sort of like a cultural moment, even though they're not all exactly happening the same day. It's kind of a general vibe. So same vibe then. And they were like, man, fuck these cops. Fuck these rules. Fuck these laws. Fuck the segregation shit. Fuck the fucking patriarchy. Like, yeah. So everybody was. Um... So ironically, in 1967. God. Uh, <laughs> yes, ma'am. The Supreme Court carved out qualified immunity. That might also be the year. What year did 
Martin Luther King get assassinated? Uh, I man, my brain wants to say sixty-seven. I have the machine right here. Yeah. Because this would have, 67 would have been shortly after. You know he went to Chicago and got fucked up by Nazis, right? Uh, this was April 4th, 1968. Yeah, you know he went to Chicago and got fucked up by Nazis, right? Uh, no. Yeah, he did. Because um, they were doing a, like, a, basically white people were, like, gentrifying shit in black neighborhoods and, like, taking over. And so, like, he went up with black people and protested. And he got uh, cracked in the head with a brick from a neo-Nazi. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And these are the people that, like, um... <laughs> You know, uh, I remember when uh, when Alex Jones was getting, like, some of his little videos and shit taken down. Yeah. And niggas like Jimmy Dore are like, That's the, they're coming after our free speech. You know, like, there's Nazis that march in Skokie every year. And it's like, yeah, so they can terrorize Holocaust survivors. Right. Yeah. Right? Like, and, they always leave that part out. Yeah. I, I doubt he knows it. Probably doesn't. Yeah. Probably doesn't. Um, but yeah, so like that was the vibe in Chicago and, you know, and then you were talking about Crippen. And so there was just a lot happening in this particular era. So 1967, the Supreme Court carved out a qualified immunity exception that helps government officials. And I like how they say government officials if it's as if it's not like police and prison guards benefiting from this. Like when's the last time your fucking like local mail carrier used a qualified immunity defense for something? Oh, they fucking they knocked the little red flag off. And I was like, hey, 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 don't knock my little red fucking flag down there, buddy. What if I have outgoing mail? And they were like, qualified ease. And I said, immunize that. And we argued. And then a pharmacist in Wisconsin said, fuck all y'all. And then Martin Shkreli brought the story. Oh. All right. So uh, the exception helps government officials. They can't be sued if they were acting in good faith and didn't know what they were doing was illegal. What How the fuck it? the pigs wait, don't know on. what's illegal? Wait, but, oh, wait, hold on. What is it you always say? Huh. It's going to get worse. It always gets worse. So this is, I, I wish I had like the, to do the meme right now. This is how it started. This is how it's going. This is how it started in 1967. They couldn't be sued if they were acting in good faith and didn't know what they were doing was illegal. This is how it's going. Over the years, the court expanded the doctrine so that now even police officers who knowingly violate someone's rights are still protected. <laughs> how it started, how it's going. Wait, and that's that. So that was just expansion that they kept doing over the years. Yeah. That hopefully some journalist is like documenting step by step. Now, over the years from 1960, let's see. Um, I, I'm just I'm just interested. I think like there's probably. I mean, I can't say because I would actually have to look at the years in court cases, but I would imagine it was um, cases that were going to the Supreme Court where things were deemed unconstitutional or illegal, but the police weren't held accountable. Huh. Like, when the fuck was, like, uh, like when was, like, Miranda? I'm, I can't help but notice. I mean, so you had Richard Nixon at that time. Uh-huh. Your man, uh, Gerald Ford. Yes. Uh, Jimmy Carter. And so they're, they're still expanding it, right? Yeah. Because I'm just trying to figure out, because apparently whoever's president matters a lot in these things. It does. All right? So then you go to Jimmy Carter. They're still expanding it. Ronald Reagan, they're expanding it. Yes. George H.W., they're expanding it. Mm Mm-hmm. William Jefferson Clinton. Yes. 
one of their favorite rapists. I think they might like Joe Biden more, though, as far as the Democrats' favorite rapist. Oh, my God. Uh, somebody who writes for one of those, I don't know, like Esquire or L or some shit, wrote a thing about, like, a countdown of 2020, like, the worst things that happened. And, like, the way they talked about Tara Reid was so disgusting. They basically said, like, she fantasized that Joe Biden did that to her. And it was, like, really fucking gross the way they talked about it. Did you Fantasized. say Fantasized. Uh, I can find it. Uh, fucking, yeah, Bill Clinton, uh, George W. Bush. Mm-hmm. All right, we removed the Herbert. Barack Obama. They kept expanding it? Yeah. But Obama ended everything bad. Literally, America was reset back to 1776, and it was intersectional. Well, I mean, I was in Ferguson, and I think the black folks there might have been getting some 1776-type treatment from law enforcement. Yes, they were like, wow, we're all created equal. You want to drive my tank, brother? Yeah, that's that's how it went down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Donald Trump's, his presidential picture is the funniest one. He's smiling so fucking big. The child, other, he's a child. Like some of them are smiling. Some are kind of trying to hold their serious face. He is the only one that literally you can definitely use the word grin. Oh, that's like him with the uh, when they did the um, the Oval Office picture. Which and he one? Was, where like you know they do the one that's like the image of the president in the Oval Office, and he like wasn't doing anything. <laughs> like he had on like like. <laughs> do you remember that? Shit? No, I don't. <laughs> You're defended. It's fucking hilarious, right? Because it's also like you know like these pictures. You're going through time, like oh. This president is on the phone, or this one's using a typewriter, like they're working. But he was like on a phone that like wasn't plugged in or some shit. It was goofy as hell. Oh no! Oh <laughs> wait, let me. All right, I'm gonna go ahead and screen share my googly search because I want to see this shit myself. Oh god! I literally just searched um, uh, Trumple Stillskin uh, fucking uh, Oval Office. Yeah. Hey, what the hell is happening with Zoom? It's not uh it's not zooming the way I need it to. Oh no. Hey Zoom. There we go. There we are, and let's ah oh, shit. I'm doing terribly. You said he okay, is this him on that on that teleo phone? Oh yes. Like pretending he's working but he's not actually doing anything. This is this is the image that was supposed to be the, the, yeah, the number this one. Is, he's presidential. Like, no, he's not. So yeah, just goofiness all around. Yeah, his papers look really like they look like my papers. <laughs> well. Like I, I I want the person who's I guess doing that job. I want their papers better than mine. I want their papers better than mine. On uh, whoever did this, they pulled another picture from him in the Trump Tower office in 1999. And he was clearly posing for this picture like he has his fingertips together. Yeah. Like a like a thinking gentleman. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. So police qualified immunity and Coke yes. has a new line for climate change. Because we are not tangential at fucking all. Oh, man. Um, No. So, um, which actually, I was looking that up while you were talking, and I mentioned Miranda. The Miranda happened a year before they did this qualified immunity thing in 1967. Miranda, the case, Miranda case was 1966. Yeah. Also interesting. 
which oh okay so you know how like in all the police tv shows they have to read you your rights your miranda rights right that was an actual case because police arrested a guy and did not tell him that he was allowed to get a lawyer so basically they just like tortured interrogated him forever and that is how it became known as the Miranda warning because he sued and he won. So the year after that it, it became official that police have to read you your rights, they passed qualified immunity. <laughs> it always gets worse. <laughs> so it literally <clears throat> never gets better ever. Yeah. Yeah. I think his name was Richard Miranda. But yeah, Miranda was his last name. And that's why it's called Miranda rights. And all right, yeah. so there you go, folks. 1966, you get Miranda <laughs> rights. 1967, you get qualified immunity. They expand it. So the thing to do is to watch Colorado and see what they do to uh, reverse this. Yeah, well, I wonder if they're going to, like, the unions are going to sue federally, maybe. I don't know. But anyways, so 67, qualified immunity. It started off, if they're acting in good faith, you can't sue them. They kept expanding it. Now it's even if they knowingly violate your rights, they're, you still can't sue them. So last year, for example, a federal appeals court found that a police officer who shot a 10-year-old by mistake while aiming for the family's dog was protected from liability under qualified immunity. The judges ruled that he couldn't be held responsible because there wasn't a previous case where an officer had been found at fault in almost identical circumstances. All right. Qualified immunity has also blocked lawsuits from people who were killed during police arrests, a man who was shot and killed after a 911 dispatcher put him in harm's way, and a man who gouged his own eyes out in jail after being denied mental health care. Oh, that's fucking awful. Yeah, that's... Um, and couldn't sue the cops. All right, good, great. A political mix of civil rights advocates and civil libertarians have taken aim at qualified immunity, with Supreme Court Justice Sonia Sotomayor uh, criticizing it as a quote-unquote absolute shield for officers accused of brutality. In Colorado, the ACLU backed the legislation earlier this year that would have done away with qualified immunity defense under state law, but the bill failed. But this effort, combined with Elijah McClain's death, inspired Newman to try again. Qualified immunity has long been an obstacle to justice for so many people for a very long time. Newman and her friend Herod, a black woman who is the vice chair of the House Judiciary Committee in Colorado, uh, built a bill using some of the state's most egregious examples of police brutality as a guide for practices that need to change. Some of their police accountability work ended up getting support from a broad range coalition, uh, ranging from the ACLU to Colorado's Fraternal Order of Police. Notice how some of the work, not all of it. Ah. <laughs> um, so chokeholds are now banned and cops, most, co most cops must keep uh, their body cameras on during encounters with the public. However, ultimately, the Fraternal Order of Police did not support removing qualified immunity. The new law also makes it easier to sue at a state level and bar qualified immunity as a defense for cops. The hope is that it will be easier to hold officers and their employers accountable in court. If other states follow suit, people will likely uh, bypass federal civil rights laws in those places altogether. In addition to prohibiting the defense of qualified immunity, the law also says that if officers lose in the state court, they may have to pay 5% of damages up to $25,000 of their own money. I mean, I guess. <laughs> it's not very much money. 25000 Yeah. Oh, like for, um, that for like, they would get? No, like if you sue them for like police brutality, they like cops would only have to pay $25,000 of their own money. It's like, that's really not a lot to pay for like... 
beating someone to death with a nightstick or something, you know? Like Especially considering how much a pig gets paid for life. Right. Right? Like, they, because they can retire significantly before the age of 65 and just get paid for the rest of their life yeah. for having been a pig. You yeah. know, like, we covered that one, like, where a pig was, like, flipping real estate and shit yeah. and was just basically a multimillionaire. I think that was in Georgia. Yeah, and I think we covered it because he was also still working as a cop, but was, like, arresting journalists who were reporting on it. Yeah. Yeah. That's why you brought it up. Yeah, that was one of your uh, your stories. Fucking qualified immunity. Huh. <laughs> um, right. My bad. I have a headache. <laughs> oh, you're fine. Yeah. Uh, the state can also revoke an officer's certifications, ban- banishing them from any local policing job in the state if a criminal or civil court finds them liable for using too much force. That's a vague term. So the law, yeah. yeah, the law is designed to make sure victims of police like McLean's family have an easy path for payouts, Herod said, and make it easier to remove abusive cops from uh, the profession by revoking their certifications. So we'll there's see. like no professionals in this. How is it a profession? Shit. So yeah, um, we'll see what happens. I don't know. We'll see if they get to keep it. And other if other um, states do the same thing, I would hope. Um, but <laughs> this is a super long article. I'm not going to read the whole thing. But as I'm scrolling down, I see that um, in Greenwood Village, which is a wealthy suburb south of Denver, officials announced they would shield any of the city's cops from personally paying a lawsuit tab. All right. Fuck you, taxpayers. All right. So, yeah, uh, the legislation officially took effect on September 1st. So it's been around for a couple months. So I guess we can try to follow up and see how it's going. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, I would like to see it. So and then, of course, the rest of the article is just like, you know, numbers and shit. Right. Like New York City spent more than 220 million on police claims in 12 months. Uh, Chicago misconduct, Chicago police misconduct cases have cost more than $113 million in 2008. But, you know, we need qualified immunity because how else will they do their jobs? Yeah, for these fucking (laughs) trafes. Yeah, so I'm excited about this. Maybe it's like a step in the right direction. Maybe not everything has to get worse. And there's uh, Sydney up in the joint. And one more from uh, from DC Love said um said man Seattle needs uh to up its game uh when it comes to getting back at gentrification. Instead, they hired hella white people to build a low income building in the hood that will literally house maybe like six units of low income housing. Yeah. So they made a tiny project building. Yep, basically. Why would we make new pro? Like, over the past five decades, you've heard nothing but people that live in projects say it's not good. Like, 2020, more projects. I mean, yeah, it's that, but it's also, thank you, but it's also, like, we could just give everybody housing. It doesn't have to be a project. It doesn't have to be, you know, these fucking ridiculous ass, uh, you know, oh, God, we should do that book on the, uh, for book club. Where it was a woman who was writing about, like, how basically um, black women in New York got screwed out of owning housing because they let, like, they gave everything to private contractors and developers. Oh. And stuff that was supposed to be, like, low-income housing for, on a pathway for them to own their own homes. And they all just, like, got fucked out of it, basically. There's a book? Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. Yeah. Roddy has case dismissed. On death row, he's known as Roddy short for Roderick, Roderick Johnson, in fact. 
For the last 23 years, Roddy has been on Pennsylvania's death row, a co-defendant charged with two homicides, a drug deal gone wrong. But now, after two trials, two convictions, and two death sentences each for two co-defendants, a trial judge in Berks County Court of Common Pleas, Judge Eleni Dimitriel Geishauser, ordered the charges dismissed and citing double jeopardy, ruled Roddy could not be retried. Roddy was originally tried in 1997. In his October 29th opinion, Judge Geishauser found that a former DA hid evidence that a witness was in fact a quasi-informant who was allowed to deal drugs because of his value in the case. This meant the jury had no real way to judge the witness's truthfulness. Judge Geishauser condemned Roddy's earlier trials, calling them products of prosecutorial misconduct that was, in his words, egregious. From Imprisoned Nation, this is Mumia Abu Jamal. These commentaries are recorded by Noel Hanrahan of Prison Radio. Just days after body cam footage is released in the controversial arrest of a black man by a white police officer in La Mesa, all charges have now been dropped. Good evening and thanks for joining us. I'm Barbara Lee Edwards. I'm Carlo Chiquetto. 23-year-old Amari Johnson was originally charged with resisting arrest and assaulting an officer. A confrontation captured on video shows the officer repeatedly shoving Johnson to sit down at the Grossmont Trolley Station last week. News 8's Richard Allen has more on today's decision by La Mesa Police and the continuing calls for justice. Well, that's right. La Mesa Police issued a short one-sentence statement saying after a full review of this case, they have chosen not to prosecute Amari Johnson. And while police have not returned our request for comment for further details, the attorney representing Johnson, Genevieve Jones-Wright, had plenty to say about this decision. Absolutely not enough. Absolutely not enough. The attorney representing 23-year-old Omari Johnson says the La Mesa Police Department's announcement Friday that charges will not be pursued against Johnson is far from sufficient. I did not see an acknowledgement of a violation of his human and constitutional rights. I did not see a commitment from the La Mesa Police Department that this would never happen again on their watch. The controversial arrest captured on video last week at the Grossmont Trolley Station shows the officer repeatedly grabbing and shoving Johnson in the moments before he was detained. La Mesa Police say that officer originally contacted Johnson for allegedly smoking at the station, which he denied. While ultimately charged with resisting arrest and assaulting a police officer, body cam footage released by the La Mesa Police Department on Wednesday does not show that. La Mesa's police chief was asked at that time if he saw Johnson making any contact with the arresting officer. I did review the video. Um, it's not prudent for me to contact or make a comment on it, but that's why the video is being provided. At that same briefing, Omari Johnson himself spoke out against the La Mesa police. Because obviously they're not willing to hold themselves accountable. Outrage over Johnson's arrest combined with anger over George Floyd's death in police custody in Minneapolis Memorial Day led to protest last weekend in La Mesa, which on Saturday night led to two women, including a 59-year-old grandmother, being shot with a projectile during the protests. 
As for Friday's announcement that Omari Johnson would not face charges. While he is happy for himself, he has a broader perspective. He never wants another person to go through this kind of contact with law enforcement again. And so he wants change. And no word yet whether Omari Johnson plans to pursue any legal action against the La Mesa police or the arresting officer. That arresting officer, by the way, remains on leave. Back to you. officer finds himself on the other side of the law following the wrongful arrest of a black man that sparked protests in La Mesa. Good evening, I'm Marcella Lee. I'm Carla Chiquetto. 30-year-old Matthew Dages faces one felony count of falsifying a police report for detaining Amari Johnson near the Grossmont trolley station back in May. That confrontation was captured on this video and coming on the heels of George Floyd's death sparked days of demonstrations. All charges against Johnson were later dropped. News Richard Allen has more on Johnson's reaction to the charge, as well as the consequences Dages could face if convicted. Richard? Well, that's right. Former officer Matthew Dages now faces up to three years in state prison. Now, upon learning news of this charge today, Omari Johnson's attorney told News 8 his client's initial reaction was... Finally. Hey, what I tell you? I told you I was waiting for somebody to come here. They right here, bro. Hey, bro, oh, you can't do that. I think that it's relief in seeing that something is actually being done and that this is not a situation that's just being swept under the rug. More than seven months after the controversial arrest of Omari Johnson near the Grossmont trolley station, the former La Mesa police officer who instigated it, Matthew Dadges, has now been formally charged with filing a false report. Attorney Troy Owens represents Johnson. This does show some sincerity on the part of the DA's office um, as far as mending relationships with the community and trying to make things right. The arrest of 23-year-old Johnson, an African-American man by a white officer, captured on cell phone video and widely circulated on social media just two days after the death of George Floyd while in police custody in Minneapolis. 
sparked public outrage and led to large-scale demonstrations in La Mesa and throughout San Diego. Hey, right here, bro. Hey, bro, oh, you oh, can't do that. Police had said that Officer Dadges originally approached Johnson on May 27th for smoking in public, then subsequently arrested him on suspicion of assaulting an officer, which the video did not support, instead showing Dadges repeatedly shoving Johnson down. Johnson was then released on a misdemeanor, and police later dropped all charges. Johnson has since filed a civil lawsuit against Dadges and the La Mesa Police Department. We do believe that based upon the evidence that we've seen so far, there are numerous other violations of law that can be charged. In a statement, District Attorney Summer Steffen said, when someone in a position of trust such as a police officer commits a crime, it causes tremendous harm and shakes the community's confidence in those who are sworn to protect them. And Matthew Datchis was fired from the La Mesa Police Department back in August. He's due in court on March 9th for his arraignment. It's White on White Wednesday, and it's time for White on White Crime. I'm going to keep it you real. I don't fuck with you because you disrespecting me. You disrespect my hood by telling me take off my flag, asking how gangster I was, nigga. You lucky on that day I was acting cool, cuz. I told you I ain't got time for that, but nigga, today I got time, cuz. You are listening to White on White Crime in the Wine Cellar. But nigga, you came up on me on some fun shit. Nigga, I don't make peace with niggas that come up on me on some disrespectful shit when I didn't even know you, nigga. You walked up on me and sat down your beer like, nigga, what's up? How gangster are you, cuz? How gangster are you, nigga? I'll show you how gangster I am, nigga. You can drop off your kid and run my face. You are listening to White on White Crime in the Wine Cellar. Exactly. Exactly, nigga. I go hard, cuz. You don't want to fuck with me. You are listening to White on White Crime in the Wine Cellar. Dear God, somebody hand me a glass. I mean, Jesus was a white man, too. But, you, you know, it's like, we have, he was a historical figure. I mean, that's a verifiable fact, as is Santa. I just want right. the kids watching to know that. Yeah. But my point is, how do you just revise it, you know, in the middle of the legacy of the story and change Santa from white to black. Look. Now if it's white on white, then it must be criminal. From the funkiest lieutenant to the dusty general, a proud boy will still lick the boot of a blue life. They share common enemies, so they'll choose allies right. Now the mainstream picked up on the gang thing. You should have peeped it four years ago to help explain things. All of the strange scenes, protest and counterpresence. If you're against an anti-fascist, that's the loudest message. And what not. And what have you. Alright, buddy chief. Let's get um, involved in some white-on-white criminal activity while I go ahead and drop the link here on the little WordPress website. Should give me an option to drop a Facebook link. There we are. Let the WordPress know, and then that'll send it straight to the uh, the gosh darn Twitter. And so folks will know that Wine Cellar Media is up and active said i feel like the title would typically come out of so there, there may be some things coming out of florida and i did want to mention that that is uh dc love there and yeah i have um i need to bag up and box up these disposable masks i had to get them out of the garage you know i'm in i'm in between the fucking seven day work weeks it's wacky but um yes dc love there uh still has a fundraiser going um do 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 where's that uh where is that fundraiser? I had it right here, buddy. There it is. 
Okay, yes, it's um yeah, DC Love over here on the Facebook. Um you can find them in our comment sections on some of these live videos. Um they have a backpack care packages for unhoused neighbors. All right, and um and that goal is still going up there. We need to get up to one thousand two hundred dollarinos. Uh so far eight separate donations, thirty one folks invited, shared ten times. All right, so go there, invite your friends list, let them know DC Love is legit, and this is dope. Um, in the About section here on the DC Love fundraiser page is uh, from now until the end of February, I will be putting together more packs to distribute within King County or anywhere within reason that needs it, really, in an effort to make things a little easier on them, especially with the season being cold and the pandemic looming, 100% of donations will go directly toward needed supplies, hand warmers, uh, backpacks, socks, gloves, stamped envelopes, feminine hygiene um, supplies, instant coffee fixings, condoms, etc. Condoms, thinking right there. Um, there are alternative ways to support if you have a mask and some free time to distribute some supplies or even if you have an extra jacket lying around the house, uh, you too can help us make a difference. All right. So those things can help. And uh, wine cellar, we're going to do our gosh darn part. And we also uh, don't forget over in Logan Square in um, Chicago, Illinois, uh, they have the uh, Red Rag Mutual Aid Food Pantry. Uh, the address there is 3521 West Courtland Street, Chicago. Courtland Street is with an O, C-O-R-T-L-A-N-D. There is no letter U in 3521 West Courtland Street, Chicago. All right, they need to collect enough cans, dry food, and to keep their shelves filled through the winter. The Red Rag is a project of Fury, F-U-R-I-E, Feminist Uprising to Resist Inequality and Exploitation. You can kick a straight donation over there at uh, fury.chicago at gmail.com. Dooby-doop-doop. And also, <laughs> announcements, announcements, uh, fucking uh, the People's Library, ABQ, is a community of, uh, uh, is a community project of leftist theory, anarchist history, and radical education. They have books about queer, femi uh, queer feminist, anti-racist theory, indigenous resistance, transformative justice, philosophy, and revolutionary thought. All right. And it says here in my printout, they're very responsive to messages. Hit them up. You can email them as well. You ready? The People's Library, ABQ at gmail.com. The People's Library, ABQ at gmail.com. If you missed any of that, this will be archived. You can rewind it easy, simply. All right. And the last one. Some phone numbers you can call, and I have these posted at winecellarmedia.com. So if Facebook says, you're harassing these lawyers, we have to ban you and take your post down, fuck it, it's up at winecellarmedia.com. Mark Zuckerberg cannot ban me from my own fucking website. Fuck off, Marky Mark and the Facebook bunch. <laughs> That's funny to me. All right, but yeah, you can't fucking ban me from my own website, and that nigga Tom never banned me from MySpace. 
And I had all kind of wild ass gangster raps up there. All right. So remember, these are the lawyers that want them um, in the trial of the murder of Ahmad Arbery. They want the word victim removed because they think it's prejudicial to call the victim a victim. All right. So remember, these lawyers, uh, Franklin J. Hogg and Laura D. Hogg, you can find them at 478-750-8040. That's 478-750-8040. The other two attorneys on their team uh, fighting for this are Robert G. Rubin and Jason B. Sheffield. And they can be found at 404-296-5300. Give them a piece of your mind at 404-296-5300. All right. White on white crime. It happens. I wish Phoenix Kalita was in a meeting so we can't really bounce off of each other with this. I, I, I love that for the, uh, for the white on white crime episodes. But I will have to... Uh, fly solo as it were so i will check my old decibel action there i seem sufficiently high-pitched voiced and loud as i should be all right <clears throat> so should i where where should i start let's go to all right go to california i don't always have to go flying straight into florida we can go to california for some reason where I, I don't know how much it snows in California. Like, I don't even know if, um, like, if Northern California gets snow. Maybe, like, in the mountains, the volcano range, because of the uh, elevation. But apparently, you have folks in California that are really fucking into Christmas. So a California man dressed as Santa Claus had a problem with his parachute? <laughs> All right, so we're in Rio Linda right now. Uh, this information is coming from the Associated Press. Santa found himself a little more tied up than usual this year. This is what these journalists do. The, every journalist has a bit of snark in their system. So a Northern California man. All right, Northern California, probably a little, a little chillier up there maybe. Uh, was impersonating Santa Claus, which I love that language. Impersonating Santa Claus. Impersonating Santa Claus. Santa Claus is not real. You cannot impersonate a fictional character. Fine. Fucking America with this shit. <laughs> is impersonating a fictional character and flying on a powered parachute. Powered parachute? Why? Who is making these things? Why does that need to exist? Couldn't the, the fucking, the effort, the labor, the budget that went to a powered parachute to bring that into existence, that could have went to something like helping the folks that DC Love is doing a fundraiser for. Do that first. Eradicate poverty, then make powered uh, parachutes. Jesus Christ. See, when I'm by myself, we lose the comedic edge. I start yelling. <laughs> uh, he was rescued Sunday after he became entangled in power lines. And the culture of slut-shaming has ruined the word entangled. Ah. 
You don't blame Jada Pinkett Smith for that. Blame patriarchy for that one. The word entangled is ruined uh, because of slut shaming and patriarchy, not because uh, Jada Pinkett Smith herself. Um, so the incident happened shortly after the man uh, took off near a school. Uh, just a hey, fuck it, school zone. Let me fire up my powered parachute while dressed as Santa Claus. Um, near a school in Rio Linda to deliver candy canes to children in his community. There you go. (laughs) A fucking parachuting just Santa on a fucking electric kite. Whatever. Uh, He flew into a maze of power lines and wound up suspended in them. Nigga, you could have got the shock of a lifetime fucking around like that. Uh, The man who wasn't identified was not injured and video from the rescue shows the red, white and blue aircraft dangling overhead as Santa sat fastened in the pilot seat. (laughs) Oh, man. An individual that lives nearby, Colleen, said, well, he just flies around so people can see and and flies around people's houses. This was the first time he was in a Santa suit. (laughs) all right so apparently he just does this anyway but this time decided to after christmas play dress up and do it with candy canes nigga you fucked up um so the power was shut off during the rescue to about 200 customers so this nigga just knocked 300 people's electricity out somebody at their motherfucking house could have like some medical shit plugged in that they need up and cracking and they might not have a generator on deck i mean this is america where you can't always afford a house in california let that just that alone talking about the microcosm a house in california right that housing market is expensive as shit and then also whatever electrical equipment you might need plugged in and a backup generator in case fucky mcfuckface fucks up the electricity for you see what happens when i do the program by myself oh straight to some sort of populism shit yeah so yeah fuck this guy like he needs his ass beat really knock your ass off that motherfucking kite uh they continue it's unfortunate but we all need to remember that there's still a lot of good out in the world. There are people doing good things and to look at the brightness of the holiday season. All right. And um, without a scratch in full of good cheers, he they made sure that old St. Nick would use his reindeer when he sees you later this year. The fire department tweeted after they got this goofy motherfucker out. To my knowledge, to date, there's still no hit record called Fuck the Fire Department. Just just to let you know. Let me go see what's happening in the archive chat space. <laughs> Tally, <laughs> Tally Loco, take that, Mark ass. And uh, DC Love in the chat space said, and like that, Santa ruined for hundreds of kids. Right? Now, imagine how pissed off you'd be if you're a kid. Because remember, like I said in a previous episode, give children more credit, okay? When I was seven years old, I looked down on the vice president because I could spell potato, all right? Like, give children more credit. Imagine, you're a fucking child. You just got your Christmas gift that's plugged into the wall. It's electric. You're having a blast. And the power goes out. 
And when you find out what happened, some doofus dressed as Santa Claus flew a fucking kite into the goddamn, a kite with a rideable kite into the goddamn power lines. Jesus Christ. And uh, taking a look in the chat space, DC Love said the fundraiser will go into February and uh, donations won't stop rolling in till early February. The backpacks will be distributed until they are gone. Every last confection. All right. For those of you that like classic films like Matilda. Now, it says there's eight comments and I can't see them Yo, all. Day, I was acting cool, cuz. <laughs> Okay, yeah, it's saying there's eight comments. I'm not seeing eight comments, so Facebook is lying to me, I think. All right, let's see here. Now we can go to Florida. All right, now it's fitting. So I had to learn what the fucking airboat is for this one. I, I, I don't, I, I generally don't know things. Folks don't realize how ignorant I am. But it's like, what the fuck is an airboat? And apparently, like, when you see, like, maybe some old films or something where folks are in, like, rivers or creeks or swamps, they have these kind of boats that are associated with that, and those happen to be airboats. And who knows, maybe someone on here is as equally ignorant as I am, so I want to make sure to, uh, to share that with you here. So take a look at this. Just to get an example. Scott Martin's house. If you guys don't know who this guy is, he's a professional bass fisherman. All right, so this cat is talking about their friend, and they take a boat on the way or something. And yeah, it's this airboat that I have on the video. Uh, people are listening to podcasts. I guess you. I just hope you know what an airboat is. Yeah, it's like a fucking. Yeah, I mean it's a boat, but there's like a giant motherfuck fan on the back. Like, I don't know how much electricity that thing is using, but that motherfucker's burning through some wattage. Like, you probably got to use, like, fucking 200 watts or more to fucking run that goddamn fan, right? And continuously, so they got to have some serious battery power or, um, I mean, may maybe it's running on gas or it's uh, propane or something. White men love propane. I could imagine a type of white men that sound like this. There's a lot of trust here, dude. So we're going to see if these boys can actually shoot. We've got some clay targets. We brought the shotguns. We'll see what's going to happen. All right. I can imagine white men who say things like that when you randomly turn up the volume at any point like to use propane. All right. So that's an airboat. And now we're in Florida. In Brevard County, as it were. I've had to work out there a couple times. A uh, Florida man who rode his airboat through the streets of his neighborhood. Are there wheels on these motherfuckers too? I guess that's a modification you can make to anything, huh? Eh? I don't know. Uh, on the streets of his neighborhood on New Year's Eve, threatened to kill deputies, which I, you know, hey, I maybe it was self-defense, as they were taking him into custody. Ah, well, you know what? As Janet Mock said, an arrest is inherently violent. So, yes, self-defense. Deputies said... They were called to Mimosa Avenue. That is so fitting. That's so fucking spot bloody on. Uh, Mimosa Avenue around 1130 in the PM on Thursday. And they saw a man later identified as Joseph Prohaska 
riding an airboat on the streets before pulling it into a yard. They didn't even say his yard, just a yard. Just, ah, here's a yard, here's a boat. I need to park. I'm a white man. Um, the, the public information um, officer, that's a job. A PIO, a public information officer. Abolish that cop too. Uh, the public information officer said that Prohaska knocked over trash cans and was shooting off fireworks during the incident. This is so fucking Florida. Jesus, I lived there for 12 years. I'm telling you, this is them riding a boat in the street, knocking over garbage cans and shooting off fireworks and threatening to defend yourself when the pigs arrive. Florida. Oh, this is great. <clears throat> so, um, as they were on the scene, the pigs, uh, they said that Prohaska turned the airboat on and started to rev the engine to cause a disturbance and mock law enforcement. <laughs> Prohaska was then placed under arrest and began threatening to defend himself uh, when the deputies also tried to take his father into custody, telling them, quote, I will kill you if you hurt him. Oh, nigga, that ain't no threat. Nigga, I was right. It was, but nigga, nigga, the pigs are always worse than the people, unless the people are fascists. I don't know much about this Joseph Prohaska, but hey, I'm all right with defending your father. God damn it. The pigs were trying to round him up. Fuck all that. Let me go ahead and go for a little switchy pitchy poo. Who could it be? The dopest motherfucker that you hear a little half dead. There we go. Switch it up on him, huh? Come on. All right. Let's take a look at what we got over here, buddy chief. <clears throat> so. This, uh, you know, things kind of get circular here. Like, there's only so many white-on-white -white crimes that you can commit, <laughs> right? So sometimes it seems like you're covering the same damn story, but they, they, they like to mix it up. You know, some folks do things their own way. Uh, take a look at the archive chat space, which is just fun for me to do. I love the chat space. Uh, DC said he had his ass uh, beat by them powerful... Ah, oh, damn, why is... Uh, it's like scrolling without me scrolling it. That's outstanding. Said he had his ass beat by them power poles. I'll tell you what. By them power poles. I haven't said that in a long time. I'm from Washington State. I spent my childhood in Span in Spanaway. So yeah, like power poles. I haven't said that in fucking eons. Do 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 do. Uh, DC Love said, I mean, my eight-year-old niece went all out when she realized Santa wasn't real. It turned into a whole debacle. <laughs> what else have you been lying to me about, Dad? <laughs> tell the kids the truth about capitalism. They'll understand everything else. Uh, DC Love, it's a boat with a big-ass fan on the back. That accurate description. Um, meanwhile, in Florida, quote, um, I will airboat through these streets if I wanna, buddy chief. <laughs> I 
I do say buddy chief. What the f how the fuck do I be talking? How do people interact with me? Like, I don't even know how my supervisor at work deals with me. I, I really don't. Like, it, it's... Like, I had to let him know yes, yesterday. Like, there was... <laughs> we were pointing out that uh, one of the new co-workers was kind of big. And uh, I was like, yeah. And then those other cats are kind of big. And I'm only going to save myself. And then... um. And then he told me to stop yelling at him again. And again, I had to yell at him because I have a high pitched voice. And when you tell me not to yell, I think you really need to hear exactly what my yelling is. So then you will appreciate my regular tone. Yeah. Yeah, buddy chief. That that is my style of speech. Let's pick it back up. All right. So we did the one years ago, way back when we were like first starting white on white crimes. When, um... An individual had got out of jail and then stole a car and drove the car into the jail, like through the fucking like fence and shit. And so here, excuse me, we have an article by Scott Desmet at a Warsaw, a Perry man of Warsaw uh, was on parole for a number of um, what they call foolish crimes, if you will. And they pleaded guilty on Thursday in Wyoming County Court uh, to grand larceny for stealing a car from a dealership. Carl M. Vander, a 25-year-old individual, waived indictment uh, to charges of grand larceny, criminal possession of stolen property, reckless driving, leaving the scene of an accident, no registration or insurance, unlicensed operation, plate not proper, driving on roads laned, uh, on roads laned for traffic. Wait, driving on roads laned for traffic? I thought the road... Well, Maybe laned for traffic is some language. I don't know. But driving on roads laned for traffic. No inspected. Uh, two counts of petite larceny and disorderly conduct. That's like a bunch of charges. Oh, my God. That's like praxis or something. Um, Vander pleaded guilty to third degree grand larceny, fourth degree grand larceny, and offering a false instrument for filing. What does that mean? Somebody that knows things, what the fuck is offering a false instrument for filing? <laughs> it's a fucking weird language. Um, <clears throat> so the judge uh, set the sentencing for March. And, uh, ooh, excuse me. Whew. And now in the article, they're pointing us back to 2017 when... Um, the uh, the judge uh, told Vander that said um, you did a lot of stupid things uh, before sentencing him to 30 months to five years in state prison. Uh, he was 22 at that time and he got out on a two county crime spree of literally all those goddamn charges. This guy's like trying to be the greatest white man of all time. He started in January when he burglarized Empire Livestock, uh, he was arrested after police found him walking down the road wearing an Empire hat. He had stole... Nigga stole a hat from the business he robbed and wore it while walking away? Do I get to call that gangster? Is that... I think it's a little bit. Just a bit. Wait, I, I have to put some respect on his name. That's a little rowdy. 
I'm gonna keep it G real. I don't fuck with you because you disrespecting me. You disrespect my hood by telling me take off my flag, asking how gangster I was, nigga. You lucky on that day I was acting cool, cuz. I told you I ain't got time for that, but nigga, today I got time, cuz. He had time, cuz. He had time. <laughs> Walking down the road wearing an Empire hat he stole from the business. Now I want to watch that movie, Empire Records. Uh, in March, he was arrested for burglarizing a tenant room in Leroy and assaulting a person. Don't hit people. Uh, the plea deal was arranged and Vander was sentenced to six months in jail, but was released a month after having been credit given credit for time served. He also was sentenced to five years probation. And just days after his release, he stole five motherfucking cars and committed numerous larcenies in Perry Silver Springs. Vander served about three years of his sentence and was released on in June. Uh, he was on parole when he stole a car from a dealership in Perry in October. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I can't help you with that one. Let me see. Let me make sure that uh, I'm not missing anything extracurricular. Oh, yeah. The Proud Fellers. <clears throat> so apparently these. um. Uh-oh. Skipsy flipsy do. Apparently, uh, a proud boy got arrested out there for uh, burning a Black Lives Matter flag, you know, and, and talking some shit and, like stole it from the church. And it's essentially it's always been terrorism, their activities. And then you also have this one, I think, was out in the northwest where the uh, the proud boys were like saying, fuck the blue, like they were mad at the pigs and shit, you know, and like, uh oh, why does this thing keep starting playing audio again there we go and yeah i do have something over here uh busloads of people from treasure coast travel to washington for the save america march yeah that is related but uh no that's donald trump by himself but yeah these uh these clips of these uh proud boy gangsters uh saying fuck the blue you know, and it's like, but they're still going to be bootlickers because they have a common enemy, like I said in the little rap at the beginning of this thing. You know, but let's take a look at this one off of British Broadcasting Corporation News. Uh, Proud Boys leader released after arrest for burning BLM flag. This was uh, posted 19 hours ago as I record this at 1.20 p.m. Um, a person that they're calling the leader of the uh, far-out Proud Boys group was released after his arrest on suspicion of burning a Black Lives Matter flag last month. Um, Enrique Torrio faces destruction of property charges. On a Tuesday, a judge ordered him to stay out of Washington, that's D.C. in particular. He was adm reported admittedly torching a banner taken from a black church during a rally in December in the city. Uh, Donald Trump had been urging supporters to gather in the Capitol this week for another demonstration. Oh, that uh, that first two syllables really fucking lands on it. All right. So um, they do have a bullet list of what they would like to put um, from British Broadcasting. Their bullet list has um, 
who are Proud Boys and Antifa. The National Guard has been deployed by Washington, D.C.'s mayor to assist local authorities. Um, Officials uh, say the troops will not be harmed and will be there to assist with uh, crowd management and traffic control. All right. And yeah, no, they're they're not going to stop licking the boot. They again, like I said, they have too many common enemies, right? Like, and they also tell you like, well, white supremacists have been infiltrating police departments, according to an FBI report. Like we've all seen that link over and over again since like 2014. Like they're already in there, and quite frankly, the um the police departments were already a white supremacist fascist gang that protects property and corporatization any goddamn way. So really, they're still gonna be like one with each other. This is just a small micro spattering that they had with a couple individuals and a couple pigs. They're still going to be down with each other. The pigs are going to be still be down with the clan, still down with the Nazis, and they're going to be down with these proud boys and any other fucking um white gangbang set that comes popping up along with them. Can you dig it? <clears throat> Excuse me. And I think that is officially all of everything I had there. And um, just a reminder again, um, this individual uh, DC love that we've seen in the comments sections uh, more often, uh, they have, <clears throat> excuse me, uh-oh, where was my, uh, I could have swore I had a printout, <laughs> but DC love has the backpack fundraiser, and I got to make sure I get that PayPal in as well. DC love has a PayPal for that fundraiser. Where is that? That's down in the updates. Here it is. And when I click it, uh-oh, what's happening? DC Love, when I click that PayPal, it's taking me to a blank page. Uh, that is killing me, but they do have it there. And I'll go ahead and actually just link this in the comments. The um, I'm going to link the, uh, the fundraiser itself in the comments on the live video so folks can get to the fundraiser. Maybe the PayPal works on a mobile. I'm trying to click it from a desktop. So maybe it'll work from a mobile. So let's see if we can get a uh, DC Love, if you can. See if you can get a um, a desktop working uh, link to the PayPal so that folks know where to uh, to hit that up and can get straight to it. Again, it's a backpack care packages for unhoused neighbors. Uh, from now until the end of February, DC Love will be putting together more packs to distribute within King County for any or, or anywhere within reason that needs it in an effort to make things a little easier on them, especially with the season being cold and a pandemic looming. 100% of donations will go directly toward needed supplies, uh, hand warmers, backpacks, gloves, stamped envelopes, feminine hygiene supplies, instant coffee fixings, condoms, etc. There are alternative ways to support, and if you have a mask, and um, and some free time to distribute supplies, or even if you have an extra jacket lying around the house, you too can help us make a difference. All right, so folks, check that out. I um, shared it to um, the Social Dissonance, a critical analysis of justice page, and the WineCellarMedia.com page. And uh, remind me to keep sharing that again. I tend to forget things. I'm very 
just active and busy as shit, right? It's 125. I got to be on shift at 255, but I got to put away laundry first, scoop the cat litter, do the dishes. You know, I got to do the whole whoop wop, you know? And um, so now let's go over here to um, Fury, um, the Red Rag Mutual Aid Food Pantry. Folks, this is located at 3521 West uh, Courtland Chica Street, Chicago. Courtland Street, Chicago. Courtland is C O R T L A N D. 3521 West Courtland Street, Chicago. Uh, and what they have here from the Facebook.com slash the Red Rag Logan Square is uh, help us do this. Collect enough cans and dry food to keep our shelves filled through winter. Additional information, the Red Rag is a project of the feminist uprising to resist inequality and exploitation. Uh, their PayPal is fury.chicago at gmail.com. All right. And you would be uh, sending uh, straight to them. All right. Oh, and that um, the last one. And then I got to wrap it up and run on out is um, the People's Library. ABQ is a community project for leftist theory, anarchist history and radical education. Uh, they have books about queer, feminist, anti-racist theory, indigenous resistance, transformative justice, philosophy and revolutionary thought all right the people's library abq at gmail.com check them out all right and hold it down for folks hit them up they says they're responsive to messages see if we can donate there too i think the wine cellar hasn't donated to the people's library yet um but the patreon did come in a couple days ago so i'll go ahead and get that done uh, we did hit up the backpack care packages. We hope you hit that up, too. Uh, Fury is part of the wine cellar, so we already fund that monthly anyway. <laughs> and sometimes kicking up some bonus pay a little bit, especially when it's uh, the summertime. The wine cellar does pretty well financially in the summer. The wintertime is all always pretty weak. I don't know if it's like that for all content creators, but I know for wine cellar media, the wintertime is a dry time. It, it, it It's a little tough. All right. And, uh, oh, and the stimulus did come in. And just as I predicted, right, the stimulus came in. And we have three people in the household, so that's 600 each. But um, it's not in my workbook. Phoenix Kaliter has it. The, the new medical bill with the late fees now is now $2,000. It's like $2,064, something like that. So, like, here comes the stimulus, 1800 but the medical bill that was previously, fuck, I think it was like 1600 something like that, um, is now 2000 and change. And so, I, I knew it. If you if look on my Facebook page, I have a post literally predicting that happening, that there will be late fees on the goddamn medical bill by the time we get the stimulus. And so that means I can't do what I planned was I planned on using some of that damn stimulus to um, start building uh, some wine cellar studio shit to do uh, Mr. Williams Laborhood in the garage. But now I'm going to have to um, work some extra overtime in the factory to do that. Yeah. So I'm but so we're still going to be Mr. Williams Laborhood. I just don't think it's going to be able to start January 15th, which I could have started January 15th. 
if they, if Pelosi wouldn't have held up the fucking stimulus, we could have paid this medical bill immediately when it was lower, and I could have used the rest to start building the Mr. Williams Laborhood show. But thanks, Pelosi. You held up the stimulus till after the election. Fuck off. <laughs> and I'll take one more look at the archive chat space on the way out. <clears throat> Oh, Tally said, I can't believe you're paying your med bills and not getting your LLC and respectability bootstraps. Right? (laughs) Jesus. Uh, DC Love said, uh, that's the PayPal pool set up for the fundraiser. Uh, Donating to it makes the fund immediately available and donating through the Facebook fundraiser helps. It just means I have to wait a week uh, to use the funds. Uh, That's what DC Love is saying about that. <clears throat> let's see oh and dc love put another oh there we go that now i see that link coming up okay that is funky fresh all right neato i dig it there it is paypal.com slash pools yeah and it has the rest of the hyperlink there and yeah backpacker fundraiser for those in need and then yeah it shows us uh, some folks that donated all right good yeah so let's so let's uh come together and do that let's comrade it the fuck up All right. All right. So now I will head the hell out. Folks, please be as safe as possible wherever you are. No, I didn't pitch the wine cellar media support things. I think folks already know those. So let's uh, get some support to these folks. Uh, Hopefully we can somehow make them part of the wine cellar in a way so that we all just regularly uh, work together. That would be dope to do before I'm all dead and stuff. (laughs) 